From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Special welcome to those of you joining us on the International Podcasting Network. Couple of new listeners in Paris, France. Mm. Great to have you with. Cool. Uh, great to have you with us. And of course, Malaysia as well. And that, that's just exciting to see all those new flags come up yes. uh, on our on our listening board. There. Great to have you with us. And uh, just a, a thank you, by the way, this past weekend to the good folks at Central Valley Presbyterian mm. in. Uh, series had a great time there Sunday morning, and uh, for those of you in the Oakdale area, we'll be at the river this coming Sunday for worship services there. And coming up on uh, August 10, we're going to um, wreak havoc and destruction at Ross Bryles Church <laughs> right. at Sherwood Bible Church. Sure. So that, that would be a great time. Again, Mike Douglas along with you, along with Elaine Harlan, our producer and co-host, and of course our prayer intercessor, the inimitable Mr. Owl, Al Ramsey with us as well, and a big John uh, Engel here uh, wandering around the studio somewhere, and uh, Patricia and uh, Marvin joining us today as we uh, put a focus on youth. We're going to take a look at uh, the great things that God is doing through them in just a few minutes. Right now, though, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people think when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do when they find that it's true? Hey, what's up? This is Michael Tate with another story of a Jesus freak from the Voice of the Martyrs. In Vietnam, it seems government officials support opium addiction over Christian evangelism. In Lao Cai province, for years, authorities did not intervene as Sua Yin Siong's family sunk into despair. After all, he was just another animist addicted to opium. But in 2004, Siong became a Christian, broke free of his addiction, and destroyed his drug paraphernalia. His contagious new joy spread to 200 families who also decided to follow Christ. That's when officials cited him for illegal religious activities and confiscated his home. Still, his new faith has not wavered, and his life remains an inspiration to his neighbors and to all of us at The Voice of the Martyrs. For more information, go online to persecution.com. Back with you live here on Lighthouse Live. Again, Mike Douglas with you, along with Elaine Harlan. And uh, we thank you for the many things that you're doing to reach out beyond the four walls of our homes and our churches to personally serve the needs of others. Just a reminder, you can uh, get connected if you're in the local greater Modesto area or greater Manteca area with new opportunities to serve. Check our website, www.vibrantcommunities.org. That's www.vibrantcommunities.org. Click on the little red 
flashy dealy thing <laughs> icon right it's a gizmo the gizmo the red flashy dude just go. press that and it takes you right to our daily update page elaine updates that several times a day with new opportunities to serve and of course uh, we we do use the telephone here yes, at abc we as well <laughs> give us a call 209-544-9571 again that number 209-544-9571 now let's check in with our friend brad dacus and the pacific justice institute it's time for the legal edge a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. The Marriage Protection Act has qualified for the November ballot in California. The initiative defining marriage as between one man and one woman would be a state constitutional amendment if passed. But wait, now the ACLU and three other groups have filed a suit to remove the marriage initiative from the November ballot. They claim that returning to the traditional definition of marriage would enact such sweeping changes, it would be more like a revision which requires a constitutional convention. On the contrary, you see the sweeping changes have already come with the state Supreme Court decision to legalize homosexual marriage in the first place. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. Just a reminder, friends, and add on to that, uh, for those of you who are in full-time vocational ministry, those of you who are pastors of churches, Brad Dacus will be here on Wednesday, August 13th. And uh, he'll be uh, talking about some of the legal ramifications of recent uh, Supreme Court decisions regarding uh, nonprofit ministries and churches in particular. If you'd like to attend that uh, prayer time, there'll be a half hour of prayer, and then uh, Brad will be uh, addressing us with a Q&A session right afterwards. If you'd like more information on that, please give us a call. Again, our number 209-544-9571. That's 209-544-9571. We'd be happy to fill you in on that and give you directions on how to get there. It's always a fun time when he comes. Time to check out the Volunteer Center of the United Way's Linda Hand List, where Faith Logistics is giving recently released inmates a chance at a new life by teaching them job skills. Mm. And experienced drivers are needed to teach previously incarcerated individuals to drive trucks for a living. Classes are conducted in four-week sessions, totaling 120 hours, and are flexible to meet the volunteer instructor's schedule. Training is provided, and volunteers must be at least 18 years of age, and I think everybody at this table qualifies for that, sure. uh, possess a Class A. Multiply. <laughs> well, Exponential. Didn't have to say that. Uh, possess a Class A driver's, uh, California driver's license, that is, and provide <laughs> a DMV printout. Uh, retired truck drivers are especially encouraged to volunteer. You know, I don't think a lot of folk, folks uh, uh, risk in order to help people out that way. Anyway, that might be something that you might want to do. Stanislaw County Behavioral Health and Recovery Services, or BHRS as they are known, uh, want you to put your office skills to work at the BHRS Senior Access and Treatment Team. Uh, front office assistant volunteers are needed to answer telephones, schedule appointments, data entry, develop letters and memos, voicemail typing, uh, filing copy materials. Boy, we know a lot about that here. And compile uh, information packets. Flexible volunteer scheduling is available weekdays, 8 to 5. 
Uh, volunteers must be able to work with elderly individuals who have special needs, kind of like us here at ABC. <laughs> I should get training right here in our office. <laughs> there you but... go. Uh, be at least 18 <laughs> years of age and pass a fingerprint uh, background check. The Stanislaw County BHRS Senior Access Treatment Team uh, provides case management, mental health rehabilitation services, and medication support services for older adults. Now, Stanislaw County Department of Environmental Resources, a lot of Stanislaw County things we say here, that's because that's where we are in Stanislaw County. For those of you in Paris and other places around the world, that's where we are. Uh, needs volunteers to help weed out blight and empower residents to make their neighborhood a better place to live. Kind of sounds like weed and seed mm-hmm. efforts yeah. going on. Uh, volunteers assisting code enforcement, or VASE, as they are known, are needed to conduct inspections in assigned areas to identify violations and complete inspection reports. Uh, volunteers interact with VASE uh, coordinator to schedule reinspections and assist code enforcement personnel as necessary. Uh, volunteers must be at least 15 years of age, uh, be able to read, write, and speak in English, and complete a minimal uh, background check. If uh, the volunteer chooses to drive their own vehicle uh, to conduct VASE inspections, then a valid California driver's license and current auto insurance is going to be required. Uh, Environmental Resources is dedicated to public health and environmental protection in Stanislaw County. And you can call our friend Barbara. She is reachable at 209 524-1307, extension 113, again, 209-524-1307, extension 113, or you can shoot her an email. She loves that, too, at bborba at uwaystand.org. That's B-B-O-R-B-A at U-W-A-Y-S-T-A-N dot O-R-G. And here... uh, On the ABC front, we are looking for furniture friends to help distribute those household items that you donate to families in need, such as sofas, beds, uh, refrigerators, and the like. And if you have a few extra hours during the week and have been drinking your milk and building your biceps like Mr. Al, then you can give us a call at 209-544-9571 because we could certainly use You your know, that, that is such a critical need. So many, you know, the, the variety of people that we get who, uh, who need furniture, some are families coming out of homelessness, mm. getting into an apartment for the first time, and, and they have nothing. Uh, and a lot of people are willing to donate nice furniture to help these folks out, but they don't have the capacity to deliver it. And uh, so our help in that, sometimes it's a victim of domestic violence that's starting over again. Great way to serve. Right, We have uh, Batman and Robin out there right now. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Ken, Ken and Leonard uh, put 7,000 miles on their own vehicle uh, last year delivering furniture. And, you know, uh, both of them are, well, they're 70 plus, I think. And Early they 70s. Could, they could use some help out there. So if you have uh, uh, the ability in a small pickup truck, large pickup truck, whatever, and you're able to help us with those deliveries, that would be great. That would be really great. Well, friends, we can just fasten our seatbelts tonight because joining us are two great friends from our community. And one is a, an old-time friend, and I, I say that very carefully, Marvin. doesn't mean you're old, Marvin. <laughs> doesn't it doesn't mean, mean that at all. you've been a friend for a long time. The, just we're, we're old. That. We're yeah. old. Marvin Jacobo. With Marvin looks really young. Christ I just want everybody to know The tapestry ministry and and most recently, our community has fallen in love with Patricia. And I just love saying her name, Patricia uh, Segoviano de Pierre. Did I say that right? 
Yes, of course. It sounds really great. <laughs> Patricia, um, you have taken our community, uh, not by storm, but just, uh, as I say, the community has just fallen in love with you. You and I met uh, first at the LEC, the Latino Emergency Communications Team, and uh, then uh, thereafter at the CMN, the City Ministry Network, where Marvin, Pastor Mike, and you and, and many other uh, city leaders uh, meet and network network and uh, just build relationships uh, and, and see how we may uh, just do that within the city and serve our city better. And it's just been an awesome time getting to know you. And uh, what you bring to the table is just precious. You come to us from L.A. <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, appreciate the time you've taken with us today to be here on Lighthouse Live because I know that you and your husband are taking off right after the program to go on a, is it a vacation time? Uh, in the, in no, the he's going no. to in a conference. At a actually. conference. I just want to be with him. <laughs> and you just want to be with him. Well, we appreciate that. And, and your, the special love that you have and, and what God has placed on your heart in terms of serving the youth and uh, uh, your involvement with the gangs and, and uh, your participation in L.A. and what you bring here to our area in Stanislaus County. Uh, so maybe just uh, tell us a little bit about your past and, and how he brought you to our area and just share with us a little bit about your testimony, and we'll talk about what's going on here and now. Well, my experience with, with the gangs it started really uh, actually as a young girl. I was... Um, I just came from Mexico when I was 12 years old. And for me, it was just a shock to see what was taking place in the streets. Um, I was living in South L.A. And this story will be so long. It's just the point is this is a lifestyle that uh, many young people think is normal. And I think right now my concern is that it's not normal. And for young kids to be... Uh, now, assuming that this is how life is going to be forever, I, I, I just I can't believe that this can be possible. One of the concerns that I, I have since back then is the fact that I, that's all people talk about it. They always talk about the negative aspect of the youth. So in L.A., what I, my focus was to really start focusing on, on, on the youth as assets for the community rather than a problem to be solved. Um, and then um, one of the things that we realized is by working with some of the youth that have decided to, you know, take the wrong path is to really understand beyond their behavior is their conditions, their lifestyles before they joined the gangs and why they ended up making those such a decisions. Uh, make me realize that um, the problem is deep deep than we can even imagine. We have a lot of ways to kind of approach that issue by thinking, okay, it's a social problem and it's a family problem, mm -hmm. but it's in many, many, many uh, issues together. But the basics, the, the need for um, a faith, I think uh, the youth do not have access to many uh, faith organizations even though we think that they might be there available. In L.A., the parents will take at least the Hispanic communities that I was working for. Mm -hmm. They take the youth to the Catholic church in the morning, and the kids shut their minds. They, they don't open their hearts to what they need to learn. So I think um, that, that's one need 
beyond um, the other things that we as a, uh, or, uh, members of any organization we're trying to provide. Right, the school system obviously is not uh, ready to deal with this problem. Uh, me in LA, I was park director, and my job was just to programming uh, activities, uh, recreational activities for the youth. Mm-hmm. And you not only need to provide the sports and the after-school activities to the youth, you need to really have a setting where the kids actually have the ability to analyze what's taking place in their communities and start looking for the indicators that are saying this is wrong. We need to really confront them with, with the reality, and the reality is not just what they think is normal. I think the fact that the media is also another um player in what's, what is taking place sure. is is another uh, concern that I have and there are all this combination of the violence that is always portrayed in the media as a, something that is normal, the fact that the parents are never home because they're trying to survive, bringing the basics to to, to their homes and then us as um, uh, members for, from the community who are really running and really busy trying to just do our what is called mm, our job descriptions, none of us are really prepared to uh, understand what is really the problem. And when it's time to discuss the issues together, I think we spend a lot of time talking. So I got to the point, I was working already almost um, 12 years in talking uh, with the community, with the um, policymakers, the checkers and the movers about what we can do to help the youth. We all together realize that uh, there is no such an answer really. It is very difficult to help the youth. But and then going back to them and ask them what we can do, I, I just start realizing that actually the youth had better answers than the adults and how to deal with this issue. Uh, we initiate a youth action um, commission uh, kind of program where the kids got the 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 power and, and, and all the tools that they need to kind of deal with those issues. And then it started working really well. Working with 80% of the youth that started working were gang members. And actually through the uh, involvement with the program and then the, the adults taking other uh, perspective out of them because one thing is the kids in the streets doing whatever they are doing when they are with their peers. And the other one is when the kids actually interact with the adults and start communicating how they really think, how they feel, and their fears. I think uh, that kind of communication transforms people's hearts. Here in Modesto, I came a year ago, and I realized that uh, I thought my my call was, okay, something else, definitely not the youth anymore. But a guy has a purpose for me. Mm-hmm. I just came to Modesto in, in the whole county. I was very impressed to realize that uh, God has a special love for this community. Yes. The mm-hmm. way the way people are, the way they interact with each other, the way the, the meetings are taking place, it, people really care. Their hearts are mm-hmm. so, so uh, full of love and and I wonder if they feel that energy that I that I sense. I realize that I, I, even though there are so many issues with the youth, I came to the perfect at uh, the perfect time to the with a perfect group of people that cares and want to do something. So we have this program, and I have been blessing by having all this response from many agents and organizations that they are helping in, in building this 
type of uh, program where the youth are the ones responsible for their projects and they are also responsible for whatever problems and issues are taking place in this community. They need to really identify the not only that there is an issue in, in, in the table that they need to address, but they need to identify that there is also people at those behind them supporting them and they always will be there for any type of needs and resources that they need. But ultimately, they are the ones who have to really bring the solutions to the tables and they need to be the communicators. They need to send the boys, the boys to the rest of the youth that they, they care, and there is many people that cares. Most of the time we spend time in the table talking with the adults, but I don't think the youth knows how much we care and how concerned we are about all those problems that they are dealing with. They feel lonely in their own schools. So our, our focus is more, most of the time is to, to teach the kids how to communicate back to other students, to other uh, young people, that there is a solution and it's only in their hands. And that we want to focus only on the positive aspect of what is taking place among themselves. The more we talk about the positive or what that they are capable to do, the more we focus as adults on the great things that the young kids are capable to do and that actually have been do- happening here, um, the, it's more likely that things will switch I believe that uh, we talk so much about gangs that uh, that's all with collectively I just mentioned it last time. We're creating more of that. I think there is time for now for us to start focusing on what is taking place, the negative aspect of the youth. And even though we can't ignore that there are gangs right. and that they are right. just really taking over mm-hmm. our communities, we need to focus on letting the community and the whole um youth that are actually part of that, that we're not intimidated, we're not afraid, that actually we are taking care of them, that we understand that there is a disease and that uh, it's through the power of God and the pray and the faith and the actions that the youth will start taking, that things will be transforming. We don't believe that things will change. We don't believe that uh, actually we won't going to come in and just get rid of what's taking place. I think they themselves gradually need to be transformed. Their hearts need to be open, and they need to see that uh, kids around them really are really worried for what is happening to them. And that's why it took place at the juvenile hall. We took a group of kids there, and they were able to talk to the youth uh, and communicate to them that uh, once they get out, out of the juvenile hall, they have a choice. And they don't need to even wait until they are in the streets to go back and be more upset to their families or to whoever turned it in or whatever it happens to that individual. I think they need to be looking around themselves already where they are in the juvenile halls and understand that uh, this is the only opportunity they have to really serve others. So the youth brought the message. And actually, Mervyn, I was very worried. Mervyn is part of our, <laughs> our advisory board. And he came uh, to prepare some uh, uh, the youth spiritually. And how are they going to come and bring the message to those young kids? I think we are neglecting the kids that are in trouble. There are not many programs in place to prevent and to uh, rehabilitate those kids. We are focused a lot on prevention, which is great. And but um, also in, in reinforcing and you know suppressing is another aspect that I w- I noticed that we as a community are 
are focused the most. I think we need to focus the most on preparing those young kids that are already making the wrong decisions mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to to turn around and really see that there is still hope, that God loves them, that God already forgives mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. and if they make peace with themselves and forget themselves, there is a hope for them. And we need to kind of be inclusive. We can Where are we going to send all these kids? That's another concern that I have. We need to have mercy and start talking to those kids. We had one kid that was in trouble in our group, and he was ready to be into the system. And that's what we need, uh, people that are, are realizing that they are in trouble, they need help. And if we are there for them, they will turn around. And we, if we can just rescue many of those kids, eventually that's what's going to happen. Eventually, everybody will start realizing that's that's one solution. That's one of the solutions. If we still turn in our backs to those kids, they're going to continue being anger and creating more more anger among themselves, and their minds will generate this kind of energy. And it's just I believe that it's just negative energy that we keep bringing to the youth, bringing to our society. And I think... Uh, the program that we have right now is is um, providing the opportunity for the Jew to start talking, thinking positive, and start having faith in the community, faith in the other youth, and have faith in their future, and that they have the control of what's going to happen. You're speaking of the Youth, com- uh, the youth Action, Action Commissioners. Commission. And this is the, the committee that Marvin is a part of. Also, our, our police, our... our, our uh Chief of Police. In our, in our, we had two boards. One is the board of directors and the board of advisors. Mm-hmm. This is a nonprofit organization, mm-hmm. and for the board of advisors, most of the people that are part of our board are interacting with our commissioners. We have Fred Bigler. We have Rolandes. Cindy Marks is in the board of directors. The chief of police is in our board of directors. Jim Niskin is uh, from uh, the city is in our board of directors. Dale Butler is also Dale Butler's, on the board. Um, we have a very interesting, and Mervyn Jacob. Mm-hmm. So we have a very interesting group of um, people that cares for the youth, and they are very pretty much involved. I believe that this is a program that allows the whole community to come in, even though all of them are very busy. We are flexible to kind of connect the youth with the community, and this is the way that we're trying to do it, by establishing collaborations. We are creating public value. Everybody has an opportunity to fulfill their agendas. The agencies are looking at ways to work with the youth. This program is allowing them to come and meet the youth and understand what are the issues they are working in. The, the youth have a community forum in December where they have um, uh, an opportunity to prioritize issues. And those are the days that the agencies can come and listen to their argues and learn, you know, what, what are the things that, that are, the youth are concerned the most. And then they come back and they interact with the youth. They, we bring more uh, training to them. And then they also have the uh, um, opportunity to share their challenges within their own organizations. And together they help each other and they, the kids put together a conference. They put the conference just to present the same issues as they their issues with their own action plan that in, and even how are they going to involve the other participants that are in that conference into these um, projects, community projects mm-hmm. that they develop 
after they select their issues. Marvin, you've been a shepherd in our community for uh, quite a while mm -hmm. and uh, learned a lot of things, I would, I would imagine, over the years. And I think one of the geniuses of this uh, particular uh, Youth Action Commission is that it seems to me when, when Jesus saw people in trouble, one of the first things he did was he asked them, you know, what do you need? I mean, he, he wanted to know what, what their felt needs were, and he responded to that. And it seems to me that this is that same type of uh, Christ-focused philosophy where you're involving the very people who are caught up in, in the storm and uh, empowering them to help make change. Talk a little bit about your perspective as a board member, uh, the value that you see in this and, and how the kids respond to that. Well, even before uh, Patricia was here, and she's been a real blessing to all of us, um, there's been a handful of us who have really focused on developmental assets. We don't look at the community, just like Patricia said, we don't look at our kids in our community and say, what are the needs and what are the problems and the challenges? We look at our communities and say, where are their gifts, abilities, and talents? Mm -hmm. And then what we try to do with the help of the Holy Spirit as well as uh, community partners and programs, we begin to help uh, mine those gifts, abilities, and assets. We want to help young people discover their gifts, abilities, and talents. We want to help them develop them and then maximize them so that the Lord's dream for them is fulfilled. And just as Patricia, uh, w those of us who are working with youth, especially when we see kids like she does, we want to surround our kids with as many community assets as we can help them and the resources that we have in our city. We've got some incredible riches that uh, we can surround our kids with. So, For some of them, is this maybe the first time that they've been valued in that way, that they feel that... Gee, somebody believes in me and, and believes I have something to bring to the table? Well, I can't answer for that, but just before I got here, I was talking to a, a young boy, 16 years old, and uh, just facing some challenges. And I pulled him aside, took him into a room privately, and I just looked at him and I said, I, I expect so much more from you. You've, you face challenges and you quit way too easy. Mm. And I believe that you stop too much and you need, to, you, need to, you need to push through some of these difficult things. You're an incredible young kid. And just, again, a young, an older man looking him straight in the eye, man to man, saying, listen, God has great things for you. You've got incredible abilities, um, but you quit way too easy. Mm. And, and, and I'm, a, I'm a dad to him, so I can say you need to knock that off. You need to push through. We all believe in you. So it's a matter of him maximizing who God has made him as well as seeing that God has a great dream for him. He just needs to push through. And our, kids, our kids in our neighborhoods, they quit way too easy. Uh, they face a challenge, a spirit of demon of shame says to them, they're stupid, they're losers, they can't do it, and boom, they just quit. Uh, where some of us were able to push through, they just they quit way too early. So they need some of us to continue to say to them, you can do this thing. So a lot of it is dealing with that deception of <clears throat> being undervalued, of being defeated, of, uh, of shame. I would believe in our community, our children have been cursed mm. to be called a son of a this, and you're stupid, you're like your dad, you're a loser, mm. you're dumb. All those, I believe, satanic curses in our children, what that does is create a brain rut for them, and then they really believe them. So it's us, you know, especially Patricia and some others, that could say, no, you are an incredible gift of God. And, and when the God's Holy Spirit comes into your life, he places all these, brings alive all these things that have been dead in you. Amen. Well, you know, guys, one of our favorite groups, Casting Crowns, never fails to tell it like it is. And we'll be back with lots more right after their song, Prayer for a Friend right here on Lighthouse Live.
circumstances have clouded his view. Lord, I lift my friend up to you. I fear that I won't have the words that he needs to hear. I pray for your crowns and Lord I lift my friend to you that's a prayer for a friend here on Lighthouse Live as we join our friends Marvin Jacobo and Patricia this week with Youth Action Commission and uh, just so grateful to have you with us this week as we take a look and address some of the problems and challenges and some of the victories that we see among our youth as well. And, you know, we just came off of a, a forum, if you will, last week with uh, our mayor and blessed to have a mayor who is a believer uh, in Christ Jesus. And uh, we're just blessed to have uh, the group of individuals in this community, I believe, because, Patricia, I believe as well as you do that we have something special special here in our community. And I say that a lot because I believe it with all my heart. Uh, the Lord is just doing something special in our city, as he is doing, I'm sure, in lots of cities across our, uh, across our great nation. Uh, but something very special, I believe, here in our community. And we have uh, a group of people that meet uh, at least once a month, and, and probably more times than that, but at least once a month that we know of uh, with CMN, kind of a special group of people, huh, Marvin? <laughs> and uh, so it, it's nice to see that that we do care about the youth uh, in our community and uh, to take a look at, at the problems and, and challenges that we face and also, like I said, the victories. So, uh, Patricia, as, as you do that with the Youth Action Commission, I know that you were set to do a walkathon uh, just a couple of weeks ago uh, or a week and a half ago, but with the smoke-filled air, that had to kind of get moved. But uh, tell us a little bit about some of the other things that the group has set to do and, and some of the things that that uh, you have planned for the youth. Thank you. Um, 
after they select uh, their issues, they focus on three main issues. One was health, uh, gangs, and immigration. And out of those three main issues, they were able to develop 11 workshops. In regards to uh, health, they select to put together a workshop where they will be able to bring awareness about eating disorders, teen pregnancy, mm. STDs, and drugs and alcohol abuse. Okay. And with the gangs, they decided to, to put four workshops together, two on, uh, about community safety and two about the crime related with gangs. And the third one was the immigration. They brought uh, workshops related to equal access to education, equal access to health, and the law. Um, based on those workshops, since they needed not only to present the data and analyze the data and, that, and how this, how this uh, affects their personal lives and their communities, they also needed to bring solutions. So in regards to um, gangs, they decided to develop community forums around several cities, and they have been able to also support any organization that is working pro that kind of uh, initiatives, bringing awareness about the gangs. They were able to go to Riverbank, where they invite all the elected officials, um, all the policymakers, and they present a video in regards to how the the crime, organized crime, is being uh, controlled from inside of jail. And two of our commissioners were part of the panel, and they were able to um, present their perspective and how they want to be partners with the police departments and helping and collaborating and how to uh, help uh, alleviate this problem. In regards to help, um, they decided that the best way to bring awareness was to create a walkathon. They choose walkathon for me sounds like fundraising, but uh, they didn't know <laughs> that that was what it means. It was more for them to walk together and and just invite people to to be healthy physically, mm-hmm. mentally, and spiritually. And actually, when um, we were trying to focus on the message, they discussed so long how this works that uh, they realized that. Uh, for an individual to make the right decisions, they need to have a, a code of values. So they they were switching around from that perspective of health. What it comes first? First, you need to have the right values to make the right decisions. So they put a health, and then that promotes men, uh, spiritually because you need to be, you know, with the right values. You need to believe in something and have faith that something is, is watching you, is protecting you, and you have to follow certain behavior, and that will di- dictate how you're going to behave in certain situations. Being mental means even though you're going through a lot of stress because at your home your parents are working or there is violence or a lot of things are taking place, you need to be mentally okay, and you need to be aware that there is help if you have some issues that you need to still deal with. And the last one will be the physical. You will make those decisions after you know that, uh, you know, spiritually you are okay. You have, you, 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 you've been, um, feeding with the, with the spirit and things like that. In regards to the other issues, the kids need to develop projects. They have been also working right now, actually, that you mentioned with the Stanislaus Behavior Recovery Department. They mm-hmm. are collaborating with them mm-hmm. and they're going to develop the curriculum and how to train the parents. Uh, from September to December, 
the kids will go to all the schools around the, the county since the Youth Action Commission of Tanislao County means covering all the area. They will be educating parents. They c- came with a conclusion that um, uh, many of their issues are coming from their families. And alcohol and drug abuse is cultural. And they realize that uh, unless they talk to their parents about how their lives affect their own behavior, uh, things will continue the same. So you cannot say to a child, according to some of the young kids, their parents drink, but when it's time for them to misbehave, I mean, how, how are you going to tell a child, do not drink, this is bad for you, when they drink them, they themselves do not have that. It's what's moral. been modeled for them. Yes, yes so they wanted to bring some kind of uh, training for the parents so they will be aware of what they are doing. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think the youth uh, wants to confront parents. But they want to make them realize that together they can help each other. So that's part of what, one of their projects. So the other project, I mean, the walkathon is being postponed. We're thinking to move that project to, to August. We're looking to collaborate with some kind of groups, and hopefully I won't mention yet because that's just in process. Mm-hmm. We will be able to have this walkathon, who, which is dedicated just to bring awareness about being healthy uh, in August. The other project is the mental aspect of the, their lives is very critical right now. Some of these kids are going, are going, excuse me, through a lot of. Um, I I can't express what it is, but um, I'm assuming that they are going through a lot of pain and they need to disclose some of those issues that they're having inside of their hearts mm-hmm. and they're writing their life stories and what we're thinking is just bring it all together bring the parents and perform their stories somebody else will perform their stories and and all together will present the real lives and hopefully other parents will be educated about what they are doing really to those kids. In a theatrical sense? In a theatrical sense. Okay. Uh, we're hoping to collaborate hopefully eventually with Marve Jacob and another group so we can have a play where the kids can share their stories. Wonderful. And then mm-hmm. that's another way to help them to release some of the... Uh, to express it. Yeah, yes. some of the issues that they're having in their hearts, in their heads. And then also... The in same, a creative way. In the same mm-hmm. way we will be able to bring awareness yes. about how families are the ones that needs to be strong and they need to start changing their way they are, are uh, operating and in, in, in start um, bringing um, a better way to communicate with those kids and hopefully um, the environment uh, will change gradually. I think many of these families do not have the money to go to counselors, but I think going to a, a play where they can see really what's happening. Many of these families are going through the same situations. So the kids think this will be another opportunity to bring awareness about how the families are affecting their lives. Most of the time, we as a society, we're expecting that the police, the government, the schools educate our kids, when in reality, all the issues, even the game problem, is a family problem. So the family is the one who has to deal with those issues, and they can be living in denial. They need to find a way to communicate with these kids and help them out. 
And the kids can, cannot keep seeing themselves as the victims. One of the key uh, messages for us in this program is that uh, we are not the victims. We have uh, an opportunity to to change our lives. Life is not fair. Everybody suffers. Mm-hmm. Every single individual, the moment that you start breathing, you start going through some kind of pain. So the kids need to realize that, accept that, and then understand that you are not alone in this world. And then what is the next step? Understand that our only job here in this earth is to serve others. The only way we can love God is serving others. The main purpose of our life is to put ourselves as servants. For others. And we can't wait until we become adults. You know, you need to start when they're little, tiny, little young kids. Mm-hmm. Their job is to serve. And what we do is we teach kids that we, the parents, are the servants. We are supposed to be the providers. We, they need to understand the role from day, from day one. And this is your role. This is my role. And we need to play well. Oh, it won't be, it won't work. So hopefully, um, we're trying to create a new, it's a movement. And I know I'm not by myself. I just came, came here to this community with everybody is already in place. I was just amazed. Somebody told me, you will be amazed by the word of God. And I, I came in and said, oh, my Lord, <laughs> this is unbelievable. Everybody here, the level of conscience is, is, is just amazing. Everybody is just ready to put their, you know, uh, part into this effort and I consider myself one of the many, many people that are God brought together. I'm just one tiny piece of this puzzle that is going to bring us all together to make this work. And, and, and it's, um, it's like a miracle. We all recognize each other. The moment I walked into a room, I just see the people that I, I dream about it. I was even excited about meeting their faces. And now that I'm in, it's just, it feels so perfect. It's just perfect. I says, okay, God. I guess this is it. This is the community that you you choose to organize and put it together. It's, it's, it's small enough. It's feasible. People have the right heart, and and we can make this happen. Even as Mervyn and I being here in this radio station, mm-hmm. it's another tool that God is using for mm-hmm. all of us to understand that uh, this is a time where even though we are not aware, we, we've been set up to do something for the glory of God. And we have to give him the credit. And we have to really help each other. This is not about a program because Mervy has been doing this for many years. And somebody else within different organizations have been doing many things for many years. It just happens that now is us helping each other. It's not anymore about Mervyn's program or the Parks and Rec's program or the city program. It's just all of us together that are going to make this work. The youth needs to be together, and we need to combine them. Mervyn and I are thinking and combine the youth and start integrating. It's no longer my kids, your kids. It's this community, our kids, and we need to start working together. Those partnerships are really what, what makes it happen. Uh, right after the break, I'd like to think a little bit, of, of Patricia, about uh, some of the stories of the commissioners who come on the Youth Action Commission and how being part of the process has affected their lives. We'll be back with those stories in just a moment here on Lighthouse Live. Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, 
Thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22:39 to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about ABC involved serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the school district, and the police department. Habitat and AVC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. AVC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. Well, it works. And I, I, I believe that as in our companies, as being uh, formerly a businessman in, in, in Stanislaus County and, and uh, other counties in the state as, as, as well, that uh, our companies were only as, as successful as our weakest link. And I believe that to be the same case in our communities and in our cities, that we can only be as much as we're going to be based upon the capacity and the ability of others to participate at an increased level and quality of, of life. You know, some of us can do, donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them, and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing Vibrant Communities, 
Faith in Action, pure, simple, proven effective, carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. And we're back with you on Lighthouse Live. Appreciate you joining wherever you may happen to be listening. And, you know, you said something earlier, Patricia, um, that struck a chord with me as you empower the youth in our communities. Not only are you doing that, but you're listening to them, which is very important, isn't it? Listening to what they have to say. And, and uh, the, of course, that's very important in all of our relationships, but listening to what the youth have to say and there's another important thing that they need, and that's the need to be loved and the need to belong. How important is that? I think one of the things that I notice with the youth, I think it's critical for the youth to be part of something. We all want to be belong and accepted. And unfortunately, when we have parents that are very busy surviving, and it's, it's very hard for the kids to communicate. The other piece is I think we have this um, attitude that we know everything. We as adults, I had two, two daughters, and my daughters are 22 and 24. Mm-hmm. And I remember when they were um, teenagers, I just realized one day working with youth already that um, I didn't know anything about this new individuals. They were growing so fast. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to treat them like a little girls, and then they were having their own minds. So there was a point when I just sit down and I just say, wait a minute, you know what? I don't know nothing. Can you teach me? Can you teach me about living my life again? Because their lives is very different. And I think that's one of the challenges that we as a parents always face. The fact that the, those young people have their own mind, they know more way more than we do know. And even though we have many experiences in our lives, they are very different. And there is no way we can compare our life experience with their life experience. And if we just stand from that point of view where we don't know nothing and we can just learn from the youth, um, it connects us right away with them because they're very happy to teach you, to teach you their world and teach you their challenges and help you to understand them is very easy. Uh, and uh, one of the things that I realized is that um, they wanted to share their, their, their concerns also, their fears, especially their fears. Mm-hmm. And they, they wanted to share their problems with you. And they are afraid that they will break any love that the families have made with them. But at the same time, when they know that no matter what they say, you want to just pray and trust the Lord to protect them and help them, that everything else is just between us. We're not there to judge them. We're not there to not even judge their families. We're just there to understand and listen to them. One of the problems that the youth are facing right now is that unfortunately, especially even though I have a group of young kids that are from the African-American communities, we have from the Chinese communities, and we have from the Latinos communities. Mm-hmm. So when they talk with each other, um, they find out they're very similar. Mm-hmm. They, their problems are very similar. Their, challenging, um, if, uh, their challenges are the same. And one of the things that I, 
which I can provide them is a way to release their their problems. Um, most of their problems are related with the drugs and the abuse of alcohol within their families. It's generational. Patricia, we're bumping the clock just, uh, but I want to get one of these stories in. Tell us how uh, participating in the Youth Action Commission, how has that impacted some of the lives? we got about a minute, minute and a half left. How has that impacted some of the lives of the children that, that you're working with? Well, the kids were afraid. They th- they felt they were um, getting sick just to talk in front of anybody, mm-hmm. and now they can mm-hmm. talk in front of people. Mm-hmm. One of the kids was in the gangs, and they now he can just invite his friends to learn that uh, there are many choices and that they can make, they can change their lives around. Another girl, um, they went through very bad communication with their families. Now she she feels empowered to go back to their parents and tells them, hey, mm. you better understand that I have a, a lot of um, needs, but I want to work with you. I want to do things with you. I want you to know that I want to help others, but I, it will be better for me if I can help you first, mm. if I can feel, help my parents. When kids feel that way and with such a power, I think they can really transform their families. Their families were on shock. They came to me, some of them, and they told me, I can't believe that my daughter just confronted me about my behavior. And mm-hmm. he said that how I'm going to help the community if I cannot even help my own parents. I think that that makes me cry. It's really unbelievable. And, and possible ramifications there. Marvin, we've talked a lot about the generational issues that affect families. And, and here we have an opportunity to uh, to break that chain and to provide new hope and hopefully uh, provide a whole new generation of, of healthy attitudes towards themselves and, and the community as well. Well, uh, fortunately, our time is up, but we want to thank you so much, Patricia, for joining us. Marvin, you too. And uh, God bless you and the Youth Action Commission. And how many people get a hold of you? Is there a phone number that they can thank contact Thank you so much you? for this opportunity. Oh, and yes. our phone number is area 209-341-9854. God bless you. God no, bless you, you all. Do. Thank you for listening wherever you may happen to be. Listen next week when the people from World Relief will be joining us. We'll be joined by William Cannon and Joy Dorman. Until then, may God continue to bless you as you reach out and love others as you love yourselves.